Jim Harbaugh to the Los Angeles Chargers may be the best head coach fit of the entire offseason. We're going to break it down on today's edition of the Locked On NFL Podcast. Let's roll. You are Locked On NFL. Your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome in to a Thursday edition of the Locked On NFL Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Tyler Rowland, here once again with my excellent co-host, Alex Clancy, ready to break down all the latest NFL news with you guys before we get into it. Do want to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNFL. Use the code LockedOnNFL, all lowercase, for a first deposit match up to $100. It's still crossover Thursday for certain teams here on the Locked On Podcast Network, so make sure that you go check those episodes out as well if your team is still in the dance or not, and you just want to get ready for the big games this weekend. But, Alex, there are games this weekend that are very important, and we are going to get to that and maybe a little Super Bowl controversy and conspiracy that goes with it. But first, the biggest news in the NFL right now is obviously the head coaching positions that are still available, and one in particular that may not be available for much longer. Right now, it looks like Jim Harbaugh, former championship-winning coach, or I shouldn't say former just yet, but championship-winning coach for the Michigan Wolverines, hard to say that as a Buckeye, but he deserves his credit, is set to take the job with the Los Angeles Chargers and become not only their head coach, but clearly the figurehead of their entire organization. They are going to give the keys over to Jim Harbaugh. Alex, I'm kind of going to kick us off here, man. I I think this is fantastic. I think this may be the best head coach football team pairing that we are going to see during this entire hiring cycle this offseason. The Chargers need a couple of things, in my opinion. Number one, after Brandon Staley just didn't seem to have control over the locker room, they need an adult in the room. They need somebody who can command the attention of all of the players who have their respect already, who all of those players need to listen to, someone who would demand that attention and demand that respect. And that is absolutely Jim Harbaugh. And then on the flip side of it, outside of the leader of men component of head coaching, you have the football component, the schematic component, and getting the most out of Justin Herbert and getting that offense where it needs to be to be one of the best offenses in the NFL like it should be. Jim Harbaugh has shown in the NFL in college that he has the ability to do that. So whether it be the pairing with Justin Herbert from an offensive sense, whether it be how his leadership characteristics fit what this team desperately needs right now, I don't see any pairing in the NFL with head coach and team that is better than Jim Harbaugh to the Chargers, which again, has not officially happened yet, but you follow the breadcrumbs and it seems pretty obvious that that's where things are going. Yeah, I mean, I can I can appreciate it. I still think that Bill Belichick, even though there's been no tie to it, when you look at the defense of the Chargers with the skilled position players they have, you know, that's right. pending Joey Bosa and his big cap number in 2024, what they're going to do with him. They've got a ready-made defense that needs some cojones. And they didn't get that with Brandon Staley, who was the defensive version of Cliff Kingsbury. If the defense isn't the strength of that team, why was Brandon Staley 
the head coach. I asked that about Kyler Murray, about Cliff Kingsbury and the Cardinals for the four-year tenure that he was the head coach. Uh, Harbaugh does a couple of things. He checks a couple boxes. One, he's an NFL head coach who happens to be coaching in college. This isn't a Lincoln Riley coming up. He made it to a Super Bowl here. He had a couple great years. Um, he is the leader of men. He will be the face of that organization and not in a rah-rah way, in a way right. where the, the sea will part when he walks through L.A. and becomes the head coach of the Chargers. And there's one thing that I always think about to give Jim Harbaugh credit for. And it was years and years ago when Alex Smith was drafted number one overall. He looked like a bust. He was the third string quarterback. And what Jim Harbaugh did was call seven plays. You're going to run those seven plays and you're going to make a career out of yourself. And then they traded him to Kansas City. He made a boatload of money. And then he went on and made a boatload of money with Washington. If it weren't for Jim Harbaugh, that may never have matriculated the way that it did. So you give Jim Harbaugh credit for being level-headed, whether it be at Stanford or San Francisco or Michigan. They need some stability and functionality in a Spanos-owned organization that has never been anything of the sort, right. regardless of the skill position and talent that they've had all the way from Drew Brees through Philip Rivers, Antonio Gates, and to the present. So, yeah, Justin Herberts needs an adult. And I was going to say yeah. that I'm glad you said that. And, and I think that it would be a fun fit because it would be splashy, but it would be mm-hmm. competent in the same, in the same you know, breath. And looking at it from an organizational standpoint, you're right. The Spanos family with the Chargers is not known as one of the teams with the deepest pocketbooks. They haven't always been known as a franchise that's maybe as forward-thinking as other franchises, bigger franchises in the NFL. And I think given the keys to Harbaugh, this is a situation where that could actually work, where Jim Harbaugh deserves that type of autonomy, and where the franchise could benefit from giving that autonomy to Jim Harbaugh. You're competing in an L.A. market where the Rams just won a Super Bowl a couple years ago. The Chargers, it's been obvious, they do not have a good footprint in that market coming from San Diego. I think hiring a guy who isn't only a good football coach, but also is a bigger-than-life personality within the sport of football, I think that could also raise and elevate the standing of the franchise itself, which is something that the Chargers desperately, desperately need right now to put them on that playing field and make, whether it happens or not, at least make people view the Chargers on the same level as an entertainment product as the Los Angeles Rams. So I think whether we talk about needing an adult in the room and just maturity in the franchise, we talk about schematically getting the best out of Justin Herber, we talk about the franchise and its standing and how people view the Chargers. This is an absolute home run if they are able to seal the deal. We expect them to seal the deal. One thing I do want to say is, though, you do make a great counterpoint here that you have a great talent on offense in Herbert. There is an argument to be made that you go with the defensive stalwart head coach who can elevate the talent on the defensive side of the ball. And since you have such a good quarterback, you pair him with a good OC, and that might be, you know, in totality, you know, throughout the entire equation, that might be a a better answer at the end. But still, I mean, with that being a valid point, I still think all the things that we've talked about here lean towards Harbaugh yeah. being an absolute slam dunk for the Chargers. And there's there are two more quick things. One, he played for the Chargers for two years. Okay, mm, so he's got yes. that. There, there are people that remember. And listen, I don't know. the Spanish, So I lived in San Diego at the time of uh, this whole thing that they were going to move up. I lived there for six years, finishing up college and otherwise. Um, nobody wanted them to leave. The Spanish just wanted to put, I think it was a vacation hotel tax to pay for the stadium. They refused to pay mm-hmm. for the stadium themselves when they've got the B in front of their net worth. And it was this whole thing. Like it's something that older chargers fans remember Jim Harbaugh 
And I think that that could be another tie as well. And he's kind of in, I do want to ask you just one quick question here. Like, first of all, he reminds me of like a new age Pete, Pete Carroll where it's like, right. he's a player's coach, but he's also an enforcer. He does right. it with a smile. He does it with his $20 khakis from Kmart or Walmart, whatever it is. <laughs> that's a great and, comparison. And he's, yeah. that's his thing. But let me ask you this. And we've got like two minutes. It's not about Jim Harbaugh specifically, but do you think Tom Telesco should have been fired? And the reason why I don't like, look at that roster that he built. It's not his fault that the guy he hired couldn't coach. And they fired right. him so quickly. And I don't understand why. Look at that roster, Tyler. Like, what is I he understand. supposed to do? I, I agree with you, but I would say one part of being a general manager isn't just creating the roster, it's hiring the coaches. Yeah, so if you I can't guess. trust a general manager to, to do that part of it, then that might be a fatal flaw. But what I, what I will say is also, besides all of that, is I think that Harbaugh is going to want his own guy. He, you're not going to come in and yeah. put Jim Harbaugh with... Uh, an existing general manager. Harbaugh wants his own guy in the chair. Uh, got a guy in Baltimore who could make some sense for him. Uh, Ed Dobbs is somebody people are talking a lot about. Yeah. So while I, I don't think you're wrong, and that's why Telesco got hired so quickly to be the Raiders' new general manager, I also think that just with the entire vibe change that they're going for with Harbaugh, they had to kind of throw the baby out with the bathwater, to use and, the phrase. But, yeah, and, and before we pivot here, I mean, he's going to get like a seven-year deal, right? This isn't like a four-year deal. This is like a Matt Rule with actual yep. foundation contract. <laughs> right. Seven Somebody years, $75 million. You yeah. are the head coach. You will not mm -hmm. be fired like, like John Gruden was for, you know, yep. for Build things your that program. Like, which was bad. But he's going to get like a two-term deal, right? Yep. Yes, a two-term deal. I Yes, I agree. I do believe that they are going to hand the keys to the franchise entirely to Jim Harbaugh. And I think that's a great decision for where they're at right now. The comparison to Pete Carroll – being in the NFL, going back to college and winning a championship, coming back to the NFL as a new man. I think that's a great comparison, Alex. That's why, that's why you're so good at your job, my friend. Nice to have you back. But with that being said, we are going to move forward and talk about the other open head coaching spots. We got a few filled in the last few days, but there are still quite a few that are open. So we're going to predict who are going to get those open spots in just a moment. Before we do, though, Do want to let you guys know that today's episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers to roof racks to exhaust kits to LED headlights to things that go on your car that I've never even heard of. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. All right, Alex, we are going to continue a Thursday edition of the Locked On NFL podcast. Just talked about Jim Harbaugh and the pairing with the L.A. Chargers. 
by the time that you hear this, that deal may already be done, but it seems pretty obvious already. So felt pretty comfortable talking about that pairing, but there are a lot of other open head coaching spots still happening. It seems late in the process, but with the way the NFL has changed things recently, I guess maybe we shouldn't be so surprised. We're going to predict which coaches land which open spots. Before we get into it, though, thank you guys again for making Locked On NFL your first listen each and every day. Remember, Monday through Friday, NFL content all year round, always for free. Make sure you get subscribed, stay subscribed. It's you, your team every day. But, Alex, right now, we have seen the Tennessee Titans hire Brian Callahan, the team that I cover. That's official. Uh, we also saw the Las Vegas Raiders stick with Antonio Pierce and remove the interim tag. We saw the New England Patriots hire or promote, we should say, Gerard Mayo as well. So we've seen those. Mike McCarthy stayed in Dallas. Nick Sirianni stayed in Philly. Matt Eberflus stayed in Chicago. There was some uncertainty with those. But right now, we have the Chargers that are still technically open, but we just discussed that with Harbaugh. So we're looking at four different open head coaching positions. Number one, the Washington Commanders. Number two, the Atlanta Falcons. Number three, the Seattle Seahawks. Number four, the Carolina Panthers. And I'll be honest with you, I ordered those in, in, in the rank I would give those jobs and which ones I would want or a coach should want anyway. So let's start from there with the Washington Commanders, where they're at right now. Who do you think would be the best fit or I guess who do you predict gets that job? I mean... You could say that this is, and I know that we all say this during every offseason, it's the most pivotal offseason in the history of the organization. You know, right. it's just one of those, because, you know, new things come to light and you exactly. have the ability to, you know, pivot from, you know, dysfunctionality or whatever it may be. Yes, yes. This is potentially the most pivotal offseason in the history of the organization, keeping yep. it from relegating to college football. You know, like, <laughs> right. there is a built-in fan base. There is new ownership who it's aren't afraid to spend base. money. They've got all the money under the cap to spend, and they've got the number two overall pick. It is truly a choose-your-own-adventure. Hired now, Adam Peters. I mean, one of the best executives in the entire right. NFL from San Francisco. They, they're they a great spot. And if I'm Bill Belichick, mm -hmm. I'm like, what do, what do you need to pay me to take this job? Because I want it. I don't know why you'd want to go to Atlanta. I don't know why you'd want to go to Carolina. Washington is on the precipice mm -hmm. of a – Season one season turnaround. They've got a wide receiver one. They've got a pretty good defense, even though they lost Montez Sweat and, and uh, Chase Young. They've got, you know, all you have are opportunities there. That is a true tabula rasa. And if you want the opportunity to really change the face of an organization, if I'm Bill Belichick, I'm like, sign me up. Sign me yeah. up. I, I, I as get long that. as he's not I'm the one you. making the picks. Well, here's, here's the way I see it. I'll be honest. This is the best job. You could start from scratch. Adam Peters is now in place. Like you said, the cap space, the picks. You get your own quarterback, most likely. To me, who's the best candidate in this cycle that isn't a retread? It's Ben Johnson. Ben yeah. Johnson, the Detroit Lions offensive coordinator. I think that that is the number one pairing. I think Washington's taking a look at Bobby Slowick as well. That makes some sense. But I think Ben Johnson is who ends up in Washington. I, I just think... With having a new quarterback, him being an offensive guru, the allure of Adam Peters and the new ownership and all that, I think that the best job opening and the best new candidate 
are just going to find a way to, to match up. But I'm with you in the terms of Bill Belichick would make a lot of sense for the team. But I think that Bill Belichick makes the most sense for Atlanta because I think they have more of a ready-made roster and you look at their coach or their owner, he's an older guy who wants to win right away. You talk about the defensive talent in, in with the Chargers. I think that there's a ton of defensive talent with the Falcons. And if you can get Bill Belichick to maximize that and have him bring in somebody who can help go get a quarterback and get the best out of a quarterback that they go get, whether it be a veteran, and I think they will go get a veteran. I think a guy like Russell Wilson would make a ton of sense. Go yeah. out and trade for Justin Fields. Go out and get somebody who's been in the NFL. Don't try to trade up for a rookie quarterback. You get a veteran quarterback with all that young offensive talent. You, like They just need somebody to elevate a already good roster. I think Mike Vrabel would be a sneaky candidate for the Atlanta Falcons because he's somebody who, maybe he's not going to build it from the ground up, but he could take over a very good roster and make sure you get the most juice out of the squeeze. So for me, I, I like Ben Johnson in, in Washington. I think that's the fit, but Belichick, I think, makes the most sense for Atlanta. I think what's interesting there is we're hearing that ownership wants Belichick, but their president of football operations may be doesn't want Bill Belichick. So I could see how there's a debate there. What do, you, what do you see with Atlanta then? Who would be the best fit there? And I, I'm looking the opposite way with that, where it's like you have training wheels of being in a much simpler division, okay? Right, a, less, right. a less scrutinized division. The NFC South is one of the more forgotten divisions when it comes to marquee matchups. Even yep. though there's no the South division like that. It was, a great, it was a great race this year with Tampa Bay coming out on top, you know, like, but... You have the training wheels of that for a first-time head coach in Ben Johnson to be able to take three of the top, you know, picks over the last three right. years or four years draft and really utilize them in a in a scheme that can maximize. Because yeah. I'd much rather bring in a DC, a veteran DC, to run that defense and allow Ben Johnson to use his wizardry between his ears from a head coaching role calling plays with a with an offense already set. There is so much pressure to be put on whoever takes the Washington head coach. Here's the thing. More coordinators than not fail as head coaches. Right. It doesn't right. matter if more you're the hot commodity. Yeah. yeah, more more fail than succeed. So, mm -hmm. first of all, can we just – I'm going to take – I have 40 seconds until the next minute. Can we normalize paying offensive and defensive coordinators, head coaching money, and keeping guys together so you can build yeah. something? It doesn't matter if you take a head coaching job, if it's a crap job, mm -hmm. or if you're not good at it. Because you will yeah. fall behind the curve if you're in the doldrums, the black hole of a head coaching role. Like a first-time head coach should not go to Carolina. You're going to lose. And you're not going to be able to get back on your feet for a couple years. Yep. Anyway, sure as a trend. Well, I'm taking uh, I Johnson think what you're saying there. Team in Atlanta. Yeah. I think a perfect example is Atlanta. Look at Arthur Smith. You know what I mean? Like that That's mm -hmm. a coordinator who came in and just wasn't good enough to get it done. So I think there may be some trepidation to do that again in Atlanta with Ben Johnson, mm -hmm. who could just be viewed as the new Arthur Smith, if you want. But I think Ben Johnson will ultimately have a better time. But it's an interesting deb debate in Atlanta. I, I ultimately think Belichick does get the job because ownership is the ownership. But I absolutely see your point about going with a guy like Ben Johnson and giving them a try. I, I want to pivot to Carolina because I think Carolina is the worst spot because of what David Tepper has done with his image and how people view him. Ultimately, I think they're going to have to go out and get somebody who maybe isn't a top-tier candidate. 
You know what I mean? Maybe they're going to have to take Mike Vrabel, who isn't getting mm-hmm. as much pub as everybody acted like he was going to get. I thought Mike Vrabel was this top-tier candidate that was going to get hired right away, but he's the B guy for all these teams, the backup plan. Interesting. It's almost like people just like taking pot shots at the Titans because they're a lowly franchise. Who knows? But moving right along, I think a guy like Bobby Slowick could make a lot of sense. And especially, here's the real one that I think ends up in Carolina. Dave Canales, the offensive Hmm. coordinator from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Seeing him in your division, doing that with Baker Mayfield coming in. I think Canales is a guy who isn't going to have a lot of head coaching opportunities this cycle. And he may just want to go ahead and get one of 32, which is something they always say. So that could make some sense. Other than that, you look at Seattle. Dan Quinn seems to make the most sense there. But I think they should go get Mike Vrabel. I think with Seattle's roster right now and their readiness to compete, I think Mike Vrabel would make a ton of sense there. What do you think about Carolina and Seattle? Carolina, the saving grace of that is you're probably going to have the top pick in 2025. So you only have to wait a year. And then you're going to be able to go out and do whatever you need to do the year after with the awful – just giving away DJ Moore to, to trade up and, and draft the wrong quarterback. Terrible just, trade. And we, I mean, come on, we had that. It's like, what are they, what the hell are they doing here? Right, right. It um, didn't make sense. And hopefully then. Bryce Young can round out into a nice, you know, a nice quarterback at some point. Just haven't seen it yet. Dan, so like, here's the thing. Like, the thing with, so Carolina, sure, Mike Vrabel, Dan Quinn, like, it's got to be a veteran guy for like two years just to get him through the mud and the muck. I, I don't think that you have to have a young, because that could scar. Bobby Sloak is one of the, Better offensive minds that we've seen, obviously. Okay. But a lot of people it, say it, he's it, not ready to be a head coach. That could be a dangerous game to play for Carolina. Yeah. So it's, but so you bring in, so what do you do? You bring in a couple guys to just be a sitting duck for two years and then you, and then you pivot or you just hope you can find some magic. They need an adult in the room. Yep. Okay. And Dan Quinn is enough of an adult to be able to make some noise there, unless it's Mike Vrabel. I think Mike Vrabel would rather be a coordinator than be the head coach of Carolina. Like, why would you want to be a head coach just to be one? With, with them in the situation that they're in. Why not bring in an offensive guy in Seattle? Look at their offense. They're ready to go. And listen, if you want to draft a quarterback, I think they're drafting 16. You draft J.J. McCarthy, you draft Bo right. Nixon, he's there. You know, you just, you just, you'd be ready if Geno Smith isn't the guy. They've got offensive firepower that very few teams in the NFL have just because Pete Carroll's a defensive-minded head coach and they ran the ball 30 times, even Russell Wilson, the quarterback. That doesn't mean it always has to be that way. That could be one of the most high-powered offenses in football if you have the right guy calling the shots. Yeah, you're 100% right there. But with that being said, there are some games this weekend, and we got to talk about them. And there's a little bit of a Super Bowl conspiracy that Alex brought up weeks ago. And as we get closer, it looks like it may come true. We're going to dive into that in just a moment. Before we do, though. Regular season's over, man. But that doesn't mean that you can't put some cheese out on FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get 150 bucks in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's 150 bucks in bonus bets, win or lose. The app is super easy to use. I mean, there's a bunch of different ways you, you can you can lay some coin down. A live same game parlays. Tyler's favorite thing is same game parlays. Take five bucks. You 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 know you put over unders for seven or eight things. You can win a whole bunch of money in the same game. Um, also, if you want to pick a Super Bowl winner, you want to pick the long shot. You want to pick the favorite. FanDuel's got you covered for everything and in between. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. So we're not conspiracy theorists on Locked On NFL Thursday. Alex Nancy, Tyler Rowland, Locked On Cardinals for me, Locked On 
Titans for Tyler, at least when we're recording. You know, we keep that to ourselves. <laughs> Thanks for making Locked On NFL your first listen each and every day, free wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We brought this up a few weeks ago. Starting, this will be the third year, um, the NFL Super Bowl logo had some color splash to it. And lo and behold, Tyler Rowland of Locked On Titans, the last two seasons, while the color scheme was put out before the season started, the two teams um, participating in the Super Bowl donned those colors as their main colors. And the team with the less color in the Super Bowl logo was the one that won the Super Bowl. Okay? It happened two years ago with the Rams and the Bengals. It happened last year with Philly and Kansas City. And what are the colors? In the, this Super Bowl year, purple and red. And red. With red being a little bit, you know, less colored than than the purple on the actual logo itself. Tyler, yep. that would lend me to think, if we're to being think. conspiratorial on a lovely Thursday here, <sighs> that it's going to be the 49ers and Ravens in the Super Bowl with the 49ers yes. winning the Super yes. Bowl. Yes. Conspiracies are fun. We're, we're saying yes. tongue-in-cheek now, but three years in a row, you can't ignore it. Well, I mean – you say tongue in cheek, Alex. We're gonna get into these games. I'm gonna spoil it. I think those are the teams that make the Super Bowl. I think the Ravens beat the Chiefs. I think the 49ers beat the Lions. So that is what I think is gonna happen. And honestly, if you go on FanDuel Sportsbook right now, you can get some pretty good odds on betting on that matchup, betting on Lamar Jackson to win MVP. A couple of things I may or may not have put a little bit of money on myself. I'm just saying. So listen. I also find it hilarious that Aaron Rodgers stole this from us. Went on Pat McAfee recently and talked about this conspiracy. But well, we started this uh, as a talking point. All jokes aside, we didn't. But it, it, it's it's hard to ignore. It's hard to argue. And if it ends up that way, which I think it does, it's going to get even louder. And the NFL is going to have to do something crazy like go Technicolor Rainbow next year just to throw people off the scent or something like that. But yeah, yeah I, I think... That the 49ers, look, the Lions are a great story, but how often do you see the great story? They win a couple games, but do they actually reach the mountaintop and get there? No. You know what I mean? San Francisco is a better roster and a better team, in my opinion. Uh, the only thing is the, the Lions will have the better quarterback. So that is a big advantage there. But on the flip side, I think, feel free to let us know who you think wins the NFC. But to me, the AFC is that also breaking news. We don't have to go back and re-record anything like a couple of weeks ago, but Vic Fangio was fired by the Miami Dolphins after their defense was really solid all year long before they lost their top three corners and their top five edge rushers. So kind of crazy NFL news there. Not enough for its own segment, but back back to the Super Bowl contestants or potential ones. For me, the Chiefs have been to the AFC Championship game six years in a row. They won the Super Bowl last year. It's just hard to go back to back to back. It just doesn't happen in the NFL anymore to see back-to-back champions. And I think that the Ravens have a better football team. They're going to be at home. Lamar Jackson is getting that playoff monkey off of his back finally with a great performance against the Texans, winning that game. I think the Ravens, I got to tell you, Alex, I think the Ravens win big. Like I said, with the Texans-Ravens, I thought the Ravens were going to win big. I bet the Ravens minus nine and a half. The Chiefs are great at plus three and a half right now on FanDuel, but I'm sorry. I think it's fool's gold. I think the Ravens win, you know, 
27-17, I think the Ravens are just a much better team. I think the Ravens are the best team in the NFL. And every decade, every decade, Baltimore wins. They win one every decade. Just to remind everybody that they are one of the preeminent franchises in the NFL. And this is their time to get one in this decade. So I, I think the Ravens do beat the Chiefs. And I think the 49ers do beat the Lions. So with that so, being said, I'll give you the floor for yours. I can I can appreciate that. Now let's just take a second and appreciate that whichever team plays whichever team in the Super Bowl, it's going to be awesome. Gonna which be is rare. Game. There's yes. like there's yep. one game where it's like you don't want to see like say Tampa Bay beat Detroit. It's like I don't want right. to see Tampa Bay in the Super Bowl. Like right. it's going to be sexy no matter what. Mm-hmm. Pick your yep. poison. It doesn't matter. It's going to be awesome. So we have that number one. Number two. What's my favorite line to say, Tyler? It's Patrick Mahomes until it isn't. So the reason why this is such a perfect segue, because listen, you called Baltimore winning the AFC North. You called Baltimore before the season started. You had this, okay? They've luckily been able to to supersede or circumvent J.K. Dobbins being out for the year. Keaton Mitchell, then Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews missing time. set to probably play on Sunday in some capacity, or he's trending towards that. They've overcome a lot. And Lamar Jackson hasn't been out, has been healthy. So they've been able to play him. One second, one second. Vic Fangio is going to the Eagles. He wants to be closer to family in Pennsylvania because he's older. He's at the end of his career. So Vic Fangio going to Philadelphia. I wanted to clear that up for everybody. Continue on. Yeah, there you go. Um, So when you look at Kansas City, though, and this is going to be the real tie to Tom Brady with Patrick Mahomes, it doesn't matter what roster Tom Brady had on offense. He always had growth. He always had Gronk, mm-hmm. and he always had a run game, whether it be LeGarrette Blunt or James White or whoever it was, a run game that he trusted, and a defense that was average to above average. The Chiefs have all of those things this year. Yes, they all do. All of them. So it's not sexy. The Ravens roster is better. So is the Bills. The Bills had a better roster. It doesn't matter what the roster is. I'm taking Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes, and Isaiah Pacheco with Chris Jones and that defense – Yep. Over the Ravens. So for me, it's Patrick Mahomes until it's not. Yep. Never rings more true than the definition of how Tom Brady won Super Bowls. Now we had Edelman also, which helped. And he was also Tom Brady. And Patrick Mahomes isn't Tom Brady yet. But Gronk. I mean, that's a running great comparison. game in defense. Yep. Yep. Travis Kelsey, yep. Patrick Mahomes, Isaiah Pacheco, defense. That wins. And they can win anywhere now. Unlike before when, if it was cold, they weren't really, able, you know, mud in the mix, they couldn't run the ball. It's different now. That's such a great comparison. This is Patrick Mahomes' Tom Brady year. This is the year where he won with Tyreek and a great team and all that. But this year, everybody counted him out. Everybody downplayed it. They didn't have a good enough roster. But Mahomes is lifting them and lifting those receivers and lifting that roster to where it needs to be in the Tom Brady formula. That may be. Maybe what we lead off with next week if the Chiefs do advance to a Super Bowl. But with that being said, that's going to do it for today's edition of the Locked On NFL Podcast. I'm Tyler Rowland, host of the Locked On Titans Podcast. Alex Clancy, host of Locked On Cardinals. Before we let you go, I want to let you know that Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. It's called Locked On Sports Today. It's here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with local experts from Locked On, plus All our national shows, like Locked On NFL, covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube. Subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. As I tell you guys every week, start your weekend early. 
and stay safe out there.